Welcome to A Brew and a Biscuit, a podcast for those who want to live a more intentional life and take a different path. I'm your host, Nicolette LaFonseca. Welcome to another episode of Brew and a Biscuit Christmas week and this episode is called Tidings of Comfort and Joy. You may have heard it in a song. Today I want to talk about the ways to bring comfort and joy to you and others and I also want to talk about some of the practicalities of navigating winter. I spoke a little in the episode on traditions that a long time before there was Christmas or Christmas season there was still winter and winter festivities. Something we all forget about these days is whilst we're caught in the maelstrom of getting ready and advent calendars and parties that is December, is that is really just the beginning of winter. And there is like a whole mess of winter after that with nothing really to look forward to other than being cold. Staying warm and rich, nourishing food was at the cornerstone of most winter celebrations because it did not mean just comfort, it also meant survival. Fire has always been an important part of our ancestors' traditions, so much so that still now you can buy a DVD of a fire to put on your screen, which is a bit shit, let's be honest, but maybe that's harking back to some ancestral need in us to see a fire. Fire is heat, it's light, it cooked the food. And that led into some of the Christmas traditions that we later saw that co-opted all of the, you know, the Neolithic pagan wintertide things. One of the Christmas traditions that was especially prevalent with landowners was to burn a Yule log. Traditionally in the UK, that would be oak and it would fill the fireplace. They would ram it in there and it would burn from Christmas Eve throughout the whole 12 days of Christmas. Traditionally, they would have used a remnant from the previous year's log to light it. And now here's some more superstition, because if the log went out before Twelfth Night, it would mean that you were going to have bad luck for the coming year. Pretty crap. Nowadays, unless you are blessed with one of those huge Inglenook fireplaces, then we have to find other ways to keep warm. It is inescapable not to mention the practicalities of winter in this podcast, namely staying warm. Now, I have been dirt poor. I've made the choice between eating food or paying a bill that week. I've sent checks unsigned to buy myself a few weeks before paperless billing and those one or two meta companies owning everything. I could go, whoops, oh, I sent you the gas check and you're the electric company, my bad. And people today don't really have that option because everything is different and everything's online and we're living in a crumbling economy and we have record high costs of living and that includes fuel. I read the other day that the energy cap is set to be raised twice before April. That's going to be fun. Now, we are not badly off when you compare us to huge swathes of the UK, but we're still not putting our heating on yet. And we're being pretty careful with when we would have a fire because the woodshed can get depleted really fast. And I wish for Christmas that I could give everyone in the UK a better government and a brighter future. But I can't. And 
Well, actually, I wish a better government for everybody, but I don't know the internet for everyone else's government. I do know that ours is rubbish. So let me start with one thing that I can do is telling you some cheap and sustainable ways to keep warm. Number one, find and where possible eliminate drafts. New windows and fancy floors are great, but they are costly. Find the breeze and block it. And even if the result is not pretty, you don't have to live on Instagram, that's fine. When um, we bought our house in Yorkshire, it was very cold. The wind was whistling through windows and broken sash. There were lots of rooms that didn't have skirting board and there was cold, so much cold coming up through drafty floors from the cellar. The worst room was in fact the living room. So I put down a rug that I had and it was too small. So I created like a patchwork effect of rugs and it wasn't some like cool, chic, boho job. It was just ugly but it did the job and I taped cling film over the windows and it looked awful. It looked like a crack den, but it worked. It made it more bearable. Another point, and I know that I sound like an old granny when I'm saying this, so shut, shut the door, love it. You're gonna let the draft in, but close the doors. Make smaller areas to heat. Don't leave the doors open. So I keep saying to the kids now, close the door, it's the North Pole, because it's a funny line from the film Arthur Christmas, but now they just want me to keep saying that, so it has totally backfired. They keep deliberately keeping the doors open so that I say, close the doors, it's the North Pole, so I need to rethink that. Wear lots and lots of layers, and it seems like common sense, but honestly, I think that people think that jumpers and and two pairs of socks is only outdoors clothing. And I go around sometimes to visit people and they're dressed from summer when it's like 10 below outside. Close the curtains, they keep the warmth in. The number of people I see, they close them because the sun is bright and it's annoying them and making it hard for the TV to be seen, but keep them open when the sun is coming in because it will warm the room if it's sunny, even if it's winter sun. And as soon as dusk hits, get those curtains closed, quick, smart. Blankets, 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 blankets. All over the house, there are blankets. And they don't have to cost a fortune. You can go to Army Surplus. There's loads that you can get from charity shops, which where a lot of mine have come from. You know, you can make it into a little winter craft project and do some, like, big-ass uh, wool embroidery on them. And they'll look nice and then Instagrammable if you want that. Socks, slippers and a dressing gown. The number of times I have answered the door to the postman and been fully dressed but had my big uh, dressing gown over the top. And I'm sure he thinks it's a bit weird because I'm like pulling my dressing gown open, like not in a pervy way because I'm dressed, going, I'm dressed, I'm dressed underneath. Please don't judge me, it's cold. Hot water bottles. Hot water bottles, I've decided, is one of the most sustainable forms of extra heating. I work from home. So I have long days and I don't have an office where the employer is legally required to heat me. I am my own boss and my boss is a bitch. Uh, so hot water bottles are great for that. I can have one and I've got one on my, you know, that I sit my feet on and then one that I'm hugging and holding. And again, you can pick hot water bottles up really cheaply in very inexpensive shops. And also a really good way to stick one in the bed so you're not getting into cold sheets and it feels super luxury and way more environmentally friendly than an electric blanket. If you do know anyone who's in real trouble, 
People die from the cold. Check on your neighbours. Remember people without a home. That last point really leads me back to the line from God Rest You Merry Gentlemen, Tidings of Comfort and Joy, the title of this episode, Comfort and Joy. And it can be sought in a variety of ways, from a practical way, like staying warm, or in the simple pleasures of the season. I recently spoke to Anna Louise on BBC Radio Kent, I think it's still up there, it's up for 30 days, all about autumn and autumn being our guide to tell us to slow down and prepare for the winter ahead, to prepare for our torpor. When winter is here, you can take guidance again from nature. Look at how the animals are. They're not worrying that a mince pie is going to make their waistline a bit bigger. They're eating the food that they need. So, you know, if we want to eat stodgy food and make ourselves feel comforted, if we want to have that extra hot chocolate, if we want to have a really big cheese on toast late at night because it's cold, then do it. Like comfort food is an expression for a reason because it genuinely comforts you. And I shan't bore you with the science, but I will put some links into the show notes where you can go and you can read scientists saying the effect that comfort food has on us in terms of making all the happy hormones and those things appear in our body. As much as the lavish feasting or all the spices, the alcohol, they're all synonymous with the beginning of winter and certainly Christmas traditions, but we can get nourishing comfort without breaking the bank. Some of the things that bring me comfort and joy are candlelight breakfasts, buttery crumpets that are slightly charred on top, holding my hands around a warm mug of tea and then holding that mug for just a little longer afterwards and enjoying the heat that's still left in the ceramic. Anything with pastry, Yorkshire pudding, uh, sitting under lots and lots of blankets and reading stories to the kids who seem to have lava for blood, so that's another great source of heat in my house. It's a source of comfort and joy and warmth. I love to go all out for Christmas, but all out for me might not look like all out for you or what you perceive going all out is you don't have to spend lots of money. I like to save the ends of bread in the freezer so I can make bread sauce. I boil all the vegetable ends to make stock before they become compost and then I know that I've got the most out of that vegetable and I know I can make any soup and stew and I've got loads of vegetable stock in the freezer. It's potato printing on brown paper with the kids in October so that we've just got all of the Christmas paper sorted. You can make the Christmas that serves you and yours and that's what serves me and mine. But if you've brought comfort and joy by not decorating, not putting any Christmas decorations in your house whatsoever, not even a twinkly light, just getting out a takeaway and playing computer games in a onesie, then that is your comfort and joy. And so be it. Just lean into that. There is one last comfort and joy that I want to discuss with you. And it's about ensuring that comfort and joy is present in others. Which also then does a really circular route because it comes back to you. And I know that sounds really naff, but it does. I have this book for the kids all about kindness and happiness. We all have this imaginary bucket. And in this bucket is where we carry our happiness for the day. The only way to have a full bucket is to fill other people's buckets because when you fill theirs, yours becomes full too. If you try and do a mean thing or take something or do something underhanded, 
you're a bucket dipper and actually that empties your bucket. Now, I'm going to be really controversial here and say the opposite to what a lot of Instagram memes and influencers are saying. Okay, I believe that we have pushed the self-care narrative so hard that we've forgotten that we still need to care for others. Yes, I know all that, like, oh, you can't pour from an empty cup and put your own oxygen mask on first, but, and yes, I have a but, and it's not just the one I'm using for sitting on. If we care for ourselves, then I believe, I truly believe that then we have to put that energy that we've rescued for ourselves back out into the world. Otherwise, what are you going to do with it? You're just hoarding. You're hoarding all those good vibes and you're not putting anything back out into the world. So I'm not being anti-self-care. I'm suggesting that the message could be tweaked a little bit to, I am caring for myself so that I have more strength to care for others so that I can put care and practical health out into the world. Now, regardless of if you celebrate Christmas or not, it can still act as a time of year that makes a lot of people feel really crap about themselves, feel worse than they felt about themselves in October, even if where they felt in October was dreadful. By the time Christmas hits, they feel worse. You wake up and you see lots of people with shopping bags on the same morning that you were in a cold sweat worrying about money. And everyone looks like they've got this picture-perfect family or they're in a really loving relationship. Spoiler alert, they're probably not. It still is incredibly isolating to see a perception of what is around us. And the Christmas season does that. That's why they have special helplines for suicide because they know that this is more prevalent during the Christmas season, regardless of any you know, faith or nationality. Now, if anyone's listening and they don't know me personally, and if my download figures from season one are anything to go by, most of you don't know me personally because I can count my friends on my fingers and I do not have 23,000 figures. That would be weird. I am obsessed with Christmas movies. I have a close friend of mine who told me I have Christmas movie blindness. If it has a tree in it, I declare it a cracking film, regardless of how naff it might be. And they're not naff. None of them are naff. Maybe Christmas with the Cranks. I don't like that one. So I'm going to do a little quote from a brilliant film called Surviving Christmas with Ben Affleck in. And he says, have you ever been alone at Christmas? It's not like being lonely. Alone at Christmas is alone alone. Now, we are all sold the hallmark dreams and in truth for many of us those sherry fueled scrapping aside people generally do come together at that season so what can we do when someone does not have comfort and joy the suicide figures i've said before over christmas are incredibly high and into winter as well i'm asking you now don't be that person who will blindly share a post on facebook saying quote unquote, don't kill yourself. If anyone feels so low, you can call me and then subsequently be the same person who screens your calls. Give jumpers to the homeless. Buy a toy for a child you don't know. Pick up the phone. Even if you know that it's going to be an annoying conversation, visit an elderly relative or a neighbour. I live in a village just outside of Tottenham in West Yorkshire and I am so, so proud of that town. The town 
has these big Hollywood style white letters saying kindness and it is not just lip service, it actually happens. So let me give you a few examples of how that town lives by kindness. The Golden Lion pub is everything a pub should be. It's run by a human dynamo, a woman named Gig, who has created not just a really sound business, who brings in some epic, truly epic music acts, but she's created a community hub. There are kindness lockers at the side where people can place things for those who need them. People in town will put coats and clothes and electrical items and food, and they'll go on the Facebook page and say, look, we're going away, so we've put all this food there if anybody wants it. She was an absolute pillar during the pandemic and she couldn't open her pub. So she made it, you know, a drop off point for free food parcels. She made it a delivery. She basically is the goddess of community. We also have Mary Clear, who was another wonder. She was the driving force behind the Incredible Edible. Incredible Edible actually originated in Todmorden and now it's nationwide so you you may have that all over the place but she also has the Kindness Hub which is a community cafe they have free food boxes and both the Golden Lion and Vedas which is uh, a restaurant in town have a potluck slash pay what you can Christmas day Christmas period meals where people can turn up if they don't have enough money for food or they can turn up just because they're lonely, or they can turn up because they have a difficult family situation and they want somewhere else to go, or they just want to hang out with the awesome people in our town. And there are so many, many things that Matt Hancock did during the pandemic that enraged me. But one thing I found very, very dangerous was his repeated advice to snitch on your neighbours. And that is why it filled me with such joy when I read... That in Froome, which is spelt Frome, and I recently learned that you pronounce it Froome. It's Froome. They had signs and banners put out by their council, which is run, it's a fully independent council. There's no sort of par party affiliation. And they put out banners saying, check on your neighbour. That's what we should be doing. And that's what we should have been doing this whole time. So I'm going to leave you with one last movie and I'm not going to quote it because I will never do it justice. You need to hear it from Bill Murray himself. You need to watch his speech at the end of Scrooge, all about goodwill and what Christmas should mean and how you can make it last all year. To make it easy for you to do this, I have found a link to that speech on YouTube and I'm going to put it into the show notes for you. It, it gets me every single time. In fact, when I was playing the clip that I found on YouTube to check that that was the correct clip and no one had put something funny up, I just burst out crying. Just having not even watched the rest of the film leading up. If this podcast or any of the other content on my blog or my newsletter has brought you comfort and joy, then you could buy me a coffee. And you can do that virtually. And I'm also going to leave my buy me a coffee link in the show notes.